Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is ND Insider's Pot of Gold. Now, with all things Notre Dame football, here's Tom Noy, Mike Berardino, and Austin Huff. That voice you heard was Matt Locke of WNDU. You know, Marcus Freeman watches Matt Locke on WNDU TV countdown or Friday Night Football. Did you get that yesterday? I did. You know, Matt Locke does pretty well in syndication. <laughs> Matt Locke getting a shout out from Marcus Freeman on his Monday press conference. He is Mike Berardino. I am Tom Noy. We are from the South Bend Tribune, and this is the Tuesday, August twenty second edition of Pot of Gold. From the WNDU studios, home of Countdown to Kickoff, and Kickoff is approaching very rapidly from Dublin, Ireland. Mike, the biggest question I have right now as we sit here on Tuesday, a little, little after 1 o'clock, are you packed yet? Oh, no, no. That, <laughs> that, that happens is, uh, later in the process. We're deadline-driven, as you know, and that's, that's a blessing and a curse, but uh, that's one of those things. I uh, kind of do it in stages. Like I wake up in the middle of the night and be like, neck pillow. You know, you're gonna tra- you're gonna go transatlantic. You put the neck pillow in the bag. That's in there. You can't forget that. You're one you of know. the neck pillow guys on a flight. Well, especially because I'm not paying. I don't. I don't get, get to pay extra like you do for that. You know, special <laughs> aisle seat or window seat, whatever you want. I'm gonna Later. be in the middle, and it's gonna be quite uh, miserable. But I'm blessed to be able to go, and I'm gonna have the neck pillow so I don't fall over and knock heads with somebody and ruled out for concussion. How about this? How about before we get started? How about some numbers for you? Ready? What are these numbers you think? 67, 66, 65, 64. Those, Those are offensive linemen? I don't well, they could be offensive linemen. Those are the, the actual daily highs oh. in Dublin, Ireland, where Those they're calling the 50s. They're calling they're calling for rain on Wednesday, rain on Friday, and uh-oh, rain on Saturday. Now Saturday's game at Aviva Stadium against Navy kicks off at 7.30 Dublin time. That's 2.30 back here. So might be a little rainy when you go across the Atlantic to Dublin, Ireland this week. Well, uh, yes, um, I, I've been keeping an eye on that, and I've been told uh, uh, on a previous uh, appearance on the Irish NFL show over there, we're going to have the host of that, uh, Cullen Cronin, in a reciprocation, reciprocal visit from Cullen uh, later on here. But he told me that they've had a uh, historically, or at least uh, uh, well above average, a wetter than usual August. And, of course, they're playing on grass there. Uh, the drainage should be fine by now. I think it's been a little drier of late. I'm not a weatherman. I can do this. I can do. I can put a green screen behind me. But, uh, you know, on natural grass, wet, wet, you know, wet month of, Ireland, or of August in the Emerald Isle. So, um, you know, I think Notre Dame wants a fast track with the mm-hmm. better athletes. So cold and rainy in Dublin. Hot and very humid and back in South Bend. It's supposed to be, the heat index is supposed to be over 100 in the next couple of days. So contrast in weather. We'll see what happens with Notre Dame when they go over to Ireland on Saturday. They play Navy on Monday. It's going to be 98, I believe, here uh, tomorrow at, at yes. its high. And Marcus Freeman making the point that he wants to tire them out, all those players. They're going to, have all, <laughs> they're going to go pretty hard on Wednesday. And uh, one of the easiest ways to tire them out would just have them walk across the street 
And then, you know, they don't even have practice outside. Just walk across the street in 98-degree weather and then, you know, shower up, get on the plane, and you'll, you'll, you'll nap just fine with your Sam Hartman endorsed and, and bestowed uh, beat headphone beats. Walk around on campus in full pads. That'll wear them out. So, yeah. So, it's it's kind of a weird week for Notre Dame because, as Marcus Freeman said yesterday, Monday is like Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, but that's like Thursday because everything's all whacked out. Because, like he said, they're going to practice on Wednesday and have like a regular practice and get right on the – basically go go to the airport and get right on a plane and fly over to Ireland on Wednesday. So, they get there on Thursday – afternoon thursday morning with the time change so a weird week a lot of logistics involved a lot of moving pieces a lot of different parts and oh by the way at the end of the at the end of the week you have to go play a football game and play a navy team that we know nothing about new head coach new offensive coordinator new this new that it all remains to be seen how it's all going to come together for this Notre Dame football team i mean there are certain givens with Navy, it's going to be a headache inducer, almost certainly. Um, there's going to be some surprises. They're going to be the team that, uh, you know, I, they're, they're going to be disciplined. They're going to probably avoid penalty. They're going to hold the ball uh, for very late. They're going to be the most likely to win time of possession. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as Marcus Freeman stated, and this is timeless, uh, when you play Navy, you cannot have short possessions. If they are short possessions, if they're three and outs, um, it better be three and you're in the end zone. Right. It, it can't be what happened in the second half last year, and that's how a 35-13 to 13 laugher turned into a 35-32 nail-biter. It was, I went back and looked here in my uh, uh, handy-dandy notebook here uh, and, and from last year, and the play-by-play, I knew there was some reason I did it, and they took 18 snaps in the second half, Notre Dame did, and five of those resulted in sacks. So 18 snaps to offensively in the whole half was not very good to begin with, but a big part of it was five, inter- five sacks for, against Drew Pine, not Sam Hartman, and an interception in there. And also an overthrow of Michael Mayer when he's wide open down the sideline. Uh, if that kind of moment, if, if Navy's going to rise up, Navy's going to give them, Navy it loves this kind of spot. I know you say uh, a lot of the unknowns, but Brian Newberry was the defensive coordinator last year. So mm-hmm. there's continuity there, even though he's not calling the defensive signals as far as we know. He's the head coach. He's the one who Tommy Reese uh, saw on the way out of the out of the coach's box after the game, and Newberry was almost apologetic for running zero blitz at him. He said, <laughs> I had nothing else I could do. You gave me no other option, and it worked. It worked really well. I think uh, there will be surprises, and I think it will be a compelling game. So Marcus Freeman met with the media on Monday, and the best news that came out of that was whenever we have that gap between meeting with with Coach Freeman and meeting with him again, you're kind of expecting he's going to have some sort of surprise announcement with a depth chart, with an injury, with a guy that's out for the season. And the best news as far as Notre Dame is concerned on Monday was Michael Carmody is the only one that, that really got dinged up in Leighton in fall camp, broken hand. He'll have surgery, but he'll still go and, and, and accompany the team to Ireland. But other than that, everybody's healthy. Zeke Carell missed some time last week, but he expected Zeke Carell to be back at practice on Monday. Other than that, that's about as, as good new, as good a news as, as Marcus Freeman could have going into the opener because basically, other than the guys that we know that are out for the year, Kevin Bauman, Aiden Gobira because of the, the knee injuries, everyone else is healthy. Everyone else is available. Let's go play some football. Well, I wouldn't say that. It's it's not that clean and and tidy because 
we know that uh, Nolan Ziegler was expected to be a key part of that special teams group, at least, and kind of the uh, in t- inside middle linebacker in training, the eventual successor initially to uh, Bertrand as for next year. And he's stepped away for personal reasons. He's he's been around, but he's I don't think he's practiced. He hasn't practiced in all, quite a while all since. Fall. Yeah. So, and what we do know is that Al Golden said at the very beginning of uh, of fall camp that Nolan Ziegler and Jalen Sneed had been dinged. Uh, that's code uh, for you know different coaches use different code, but uh, Ziegler was dinged and Sneed came back quickly from his ding and was practicing and they need him and they're without Ziegler. Also, I'd say Chance Tucker missed a good portion that was not uh, participating in practice for a good portion of backup cornerback and Ryan Barnes, another backup quarterback cornerback who, who wore the red non-contact Jersey for the majority of times that the media was allowed in. So some of that cornerback depth uh, has been compromised. I'd say at the very least, you're not going to get the full laundry list. This is not the NFL. You're not going to get Bill Belichick putting 25 names on there with all of them being questionable, but um, you know, there's still some unknowns and even Z- and Zeke Carell, uh, Marcus Freeman saying, you know, right out that Monday was going to be an important day for him yesterday based on he had been held out uh, with, an, with what we had seen as an ankle wrap. So uh, let's see how that ankle responds. It's not Jarrett Patterson uh, concern going into the Ohio State game. <laughs> and, of course, he gave it a go and he he gave it a try pregame and couldn't, couldn't go. Um, I think the odds of Correll being able to play much, much higher almost, you know, I, I would agree that we expect to see him. But, but if not, what happens then? I think if you don't have Nolan Ziegler and you don't have Ryan Barnes, you guys, you still have a pretty good chance of beating Navy. Well, I mean, sure. those those are, sure. are aren't really key guys at this point. The two well, deep depth chart with what they have and the depth yeah. that they've been building, sure, they can offset the losses of Nolan Ziegler and Ryan Barnes if they don't play on Saturday. Here's another one though. You know, uh, Audric Estime, got to get used to saying Estime. Uh, he has not faced a whole uh, a bunch of recent contact, as far as we know. You know, the uh, open practice at. Uh, at uh, school field mm-hmm. uh, was one where he was where he was on the side and they've been they've made reference to the fact that limiting contact kind of re- watching those those reps and team periods for a number of guys but I'm not saying estimate uh, is nursing anything necessarily but that's a little murky um, because um, you know this is part of, yes is part of the uh, the ability for Marcus to stand up there and say that something like down seventy nine percent, and you know it was it was so specific. <laughs> well, I thought of numbers it, thought yesterday. I was, you know, I thought we were watching Market Watch on on MSNBC or something. Or, but um, it was uh, you know, the, and the concussions going down always a good thing. Mm-hmm. At how they measure them because uh, last year there was a time around this time when there were five offensive linemen all not participating in the final jersey scrimmage because of concussion issues. So um, whatever they did, you know, the offensive linemen I think routinely should wear. The Guardian, they, they do not. The ones who consistently have worn it this camp, as far as we know, are, are uh, Emil Wagner and Tosh Baker. But, um, you know, last year it was the Guardian was, was as popular on the offensive line as it was on the defensive line. Well, when Marcus Freeman talks the Monday before a game, that means the depth chart is also released the Monday before the game. We got that yesterday. Any surprises other than maybe, maybe Pat Coogan, and Rocco Spindler starting at guards, but we kind of knew that that the back half of camp, so that that didn't come as a as a total shock. It might come as a, a surprise to people on the outside, but when we saw them practicing, it was always Pat Coogan at one spot, Rocco Spindler at the other starting spot, and that was that. That's how they're going to start on Saturday. Any surprises? Any any anything on the depth chart that you looked at and said, "Wow, I, 
It's kind of an odd spot for this guy. I would have expected Billy Shrouth to emerge. We talked really? about Billy Shrouth already, but uh, uh, on a previous podcast here. But uh, you thought that you figured the the uh, hype and the, uh, the the recruiting profile and what we'd seen and even the pictures he's taken with the super fan, the shirtless uh, pictures with super fans around town. Um, you know, Billy Shrouth has uh, looks like he's you know literally. I mean, he's already said the kinds of things that uh, Quentin Nelson. Uh, you know, relatives might uh, recognize he sounds like Quentin Nelson with training wheels. Um, you want to see it. But Coogan is, is, so, is solid, old, reliable, I guess. He's not really played at all, but in practice, he had a good spring for Joe Rudolph. Joe Rudolph cleaned the slate when he got here. And, uh, and, and so good for Pat Coogan if he indeed has made himself into a starter. Not surprised by Spindler. We talked about that. Um, you know, I suppose that... Um, I still keep an eye on Emil Wagner because I have seen Emil Wagner take first-team reps consistently at left guard one night. And um, I just think his versatility and his uh, mobility is something that we may see at some point. He may be too good to keep off the field uh, at some point early in this year if you're talking about get the best five on the field. But nice to see Spindler, I think, um, uh, break forward. And it's nice to see that Spindler will be in front of the media Tuesday night, uh, but I believe is a career first. First time for Rocco Spindler, and he was a late ad, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's got so. big, big personality from what we hear, and some of the, again, some of the photos coming off the field, just the, just a big, just the exuberant kind of guy, and that was when he wasn't even getting a chance to play. So we'll see. Let's hope that personality's still there. He, he could be fun. What is it about Jabron Payne that has him as a number two running back behind Audric Estime? Reading between the lines a little bit, I would think that uh, perhaps he's, when they talk about uh, accountability or responsibility, uh, you know, somebody's reliable, uh, don't screw up blitz pickup. You know, mm-hmm. you've got a, your pass pro is going to be huge there. Don't put the ball on the ground, of course, in these contact periods that we don't get to see. But um, uh, Jabron Payne, that's, that's a nice story, too. Remember, he was the, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, in, in terms of something that seemed. Um, Kind of well, what was that at the time? Uh, the so-called blue gold draft. If I'm not mistaken, Jabron Payne was the first overall pick. He was the number one pick yeah. of that draft. And and uh, you know, I that just uh, the way everybody looked at him in that photo that I tweeted. Um, the, you know, the, just the the, the parental type uh, looks from their from the coaching staff, especially Dylan McCullough. They had brought him a long way, and um, so he's earned it. J- uh, Jadarian or Jadarian. We heard a new pronunciation yesterday. I think JD is the, sa- the, s- the simplest way. Mark is breaking out Jadarian as well. It, it Either is, or. It is supposedly Jadarian. Either or. When we were calling yeah. him Jadarian when he first got on campus, that mm-hmm. was apparently the wrong way to pronounce his name. So we'll go with JD Price. JD. JD is just, that's safer. You know, depth, that just makes you think depth charts are silly because even when you know it's not really or. They just like to throw in a bunch of oars. <laughs> right, with, with the running back position. It's Jabron Payne or J.D. Price or Devin Ford or Jeremiah Love. Yeah. I, I, think, I think right now it's, I think it's J.D. Price, not Jabron Payne. Well, and maybe, it, maybe Payne's more the third down back, and mm-hmm. they're thinking that uh, when he's out there, he's, he's the threat if he slips out, but he's also reading things properly, and especially if it's a zero blitz, and you better stay in there, and you cannot whiff. You cannot. You could. It was bad enough when it was Drew Drew Pine back there last year, uh, but just get Hartman enough time to see the field. They're going to try to stretch the field even against Navy, I believe, and um, he's got to stay upright. He's got to have a clean jersey. He's um, 
It, it, you, uh, otherwise, you have to give those uh, beats back on the flight. You cannot. Uh, you, the, the true test of whether Notre Dame had a successful trip over there is if everyone who goes over there with the noise canceling gold uh, headphones <laughs> uh, still has them on the way back. Because uh, if you, if you blow one blitz pickup, that could be the season, and no more headphones. You know, we're taking those back. Do you have your noise canceling headphones packed, or is that? Uh, I. No? Uh, I, I'm always, you know, I, no, I don't, I don't, I have, uh, I have some that are, I have Bose, uh, but they were, they had, they're not wireless. And, uh, so I don't know. And they're not gold. They're just, they're just boring. They're like this, but, better not uh, be gold. but at least they're Bose. They have it. They, they have that little, you know, uh, active noise canceling button. But yeah, as you know, I'm always running out of AAA batteries and you're my go-to for that. You're not going to be there. So I better make sure you're reminding me. <laughs> Go to the an- store right now and get some AAA batteries for your voice recorder because yeah. I will not be there to bail you out. Why? Well, I, I have a, a recharger. They're generally rechargeable, but you have to stay on it. No doubt. Defensively depth chart. No surprises. A couple of oars in there at the safety spot, which we kind of expected, right? Or I don't even look that closely. I have to no. tell you, no, I, I don't. I think it's not a depth chart. The depth chart. No, I'll put that. I'll cross that off the list. You, Mike Berardino, well, let's just, not let's a just depth turn chart it on guy. its head. Let's just let's just let's come at it from the other way. You're putting you're on the inside and you're putting the depth chart together. The depth chart, depth chart. You're putting that together for public consumption, including oh by the way, Navy. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would you put anything on there in a college level that? Uh, from a college football office that would give your opponent any inkling that you're up to something, you know, fascinating and sneaky sneaky or or just just innovative or like Emil Wagner left guard. Uh, Why would you do that? Well, Jalen Sneed's actually going to be on the field virtually every snap. Just matters where they put him. He's going to be the uh, j- a true rover. You just pop him at you pop him at Viper. You put him at rover. You let him go. Let Jalen Sneed go be a an Aztec, whatever. But um, he's a he's a, a winning piece, I think. So just just come at it that way. If you're on the inside and they come to you and they say, Tom, uh, should we be 100 percent truthful with this depth chart this time because. We want Coach Newberry to know exactly where the fellas might be lined up. Yes. Why? Yes. Why well, not? Then you're fired. <laughs> okay. You're fired. It's too big. It's big business. Is this where I get my shining moment? <laughs> big business. Well, it is, you know, on this uh, our rundown, it does say, you know, saying the stage or Marcus Unplugged. So we do have the oars, too. See, we've got oars. We're, we're and oars. And I didn't. Well, here. Tom put the rundown. He loves, apparently, he's, he's, he's Tom uh, DeOro. He, uh, he, he loves it. Uh, I'm an oar guy. Or, or or no Oregon, Oregon or well, well, well this won't be an or but we'll take a break right now because we've got a special guest our podcast guest that you talk to Mike can you talk to tell us a little bit about who the interview is who he is well that's that's is is Coach Newberry listening to this I I, I I don't know uh, probably not all right we gotta go or or okay let's get to okay. no no we no this is written in this is written in stone and it's it's Cullum from Cork you know him on on uh, on Twitter and or X, and you know him uh, from the Irish NFL show, and uh, he's been kind enough uh, to join us, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to him about uh, what to expect over there in Ireland, especially uh, things. Maybe I'm gonna ask him what things I sh- I should definitely not say if I don't want to get <laughs> knocked on my rump because it doesn't take much to get thrown for for a loss. But uh, he's going to be great, and he has a, a, a lovely Irish uh, brogue or lilt or accent or whatever, and we're going f- to learn from Cullum. 
after this. Well, we're joined now on the Pot of Gold hotline. I just uh, invented that uh, by a, a very special guest. This, is, this guest is coming to us from the greatest distance that we've ever had a guest on Pot of Gold. And uh, it really didn't take much to break the previous record, but what a distance. Uh, all the way from Dublin, uh, this is the co-founder and co-host at the Irish NFL show. Um, but he's willing and more than willing and ready to talk about the mania that is overtaking Dublin right now, game week. This is Cullum Cronin. Thanks for joining us. Shlanta, uh, great to chat to you, lads. Delighted to be uh, on as we uh, build up to uh, a very exciting uh, event here, uh, welcoming Notre Dame back to town. Can you translate that first word? I don't remember. What did you just say? Shlante? <laughs> That's a big Shlante, one. Shlante, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, good, good health, I suppose, is the ah. easiest way of translating it. Have you seen Austin lately? Can you see him on here? Good luck with that. So, uh, <laughs> wow. That's wow. rude. <laughs> Diet Cull- starts Monday. Cull- Diet starts Monday. Cullum, uh, I, w- <laughs> I want to ask you, uh, just, you know, this Notre Dame's been there before, but it's been more than a decade. I've been on your show. You've been gracious enough to have me on twice, and you can find Cullum's Twitter uh, at IRENFL and, um, for the show. Um, wh- how, where's that anticipation? We talked in the spring. We talked again here this summer. Where is it in a game week with – uh, not just Notre Dame people coming over either. This is the, the U.S. Naval Academy, and I think they travel decently. I think they at least know they're not afraid of ships. So um, w- would you think that um, it's going to be just a wild environment and getting wilder closer to Saturday's kickoff? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a decent contingent of Navy fans coming in, especially from Germany, a sizable Uh-oh. contingent, obviously, on the <laughs> continent. So they don't have too far to, to travel. Uh, Notre Dame, a lot further, as you mentioned, in South Bend, but they will be here in numbers. And yeah, look, as we get closer to Saturday's kickoff, I think it'll get more and more raucous. I know that the city and College Football Ireland have a whole host of events planned, and you're going to see plenty of people at that. The welcome map has been out for a number of weeks. There have been signs up to welcome Notre Dame more so than Navy. I've seen a lot more Notre Dame stuff around the the city. Um, And the expectation, Mike, is that there are going to be 40,000 Americans in Ireland, the largest contingents of Americans on the move since the Second World War. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy to think about. I just want to say it's concerning to me a little bit. I'm not prepared for anyone to come at me. I hope that, you know, I just, this, we're going to be making landfall. (laughs) I hope. Right. And I'm not, I don't think it's going to look like World War II. Everybody since D-Day, this, I've seen some movies. I don't want anybody (laughs) taking any shots at me. Just so you guys know, I come in peace. I come in peace, <laughs> and I would like a Guinness. But here's here's Austin with more. Uh, Colum, you know, obviously other American college football teams have gone over to Ireland and played games last year in Nebraska and Northwestern. Um, is it a different anticipation level, though, when it's Notre Dame playing over there as opposed to, you know, just two other teams like Nebraska and Northwestern last year? 
Yeah, no, it is. I mean, look, I'll be Nebraska did bring a sizable crowd. Northwestern were boisterous, but Nebraska really brought the numbers, and you'd have to say kudos to them for that. But it is different when it's Notre Dame. I, look, Ireland has a special relationship with America, always has, always will. But there is something you know, deep about Notre Dame and the connection between uh, the the university and Ireland. Mike mentioned earlier, they've been over previously. That in itself, when they came over, felt different. I've attended these games since 1991. That was the first one that I attended. It was called the Wild Geese Classic. It was down in Limerick and it featured uh, Fordham versus Holy Cross. And obviously Holy Cross have a lot of connections with Ireland as well, but it's not the same as Notre Dame. The fan base is different. The connection to Ireland is different. The sheer number of people who are coming is different. People over here are more aware, I would say, of Notre Dame than any other college football team. College football is not nearly as big as the NFL over here. But the one team I think people would be aware of is Notre Dame. And so I think you can expect a warm welcome, not just from the you know fans of the sport but wider than that from from all irish people we're known uh, from cade mila falsha to give you a little bit more irish i'm sorry that what <clears throat> translate cade <laughs> mila falsha is a hundred thousand welcomes we don't just welcome you once mike and austin we welcome you a hundred thousand times well, tell me about that it tells you tells you a little bit about ireland we're a warm welcoming people and yes. we like a little bit of hyperbole <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, kind of a maybe a little more of an unserious kind of fun question. Uh, last year, if I recall correctly, Nebraska and Northwestern fans uh, drank the stadium dry. Um, are they making extra preparations for Notre Dame fans to come over? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're 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 ensuring that the payment system is not going to go down because they don't want to miss out on the uh, pot of gold uh, to, to play on uh, your uh, yeah. podcast title. This guy's here uh, all week, last, folks. Last year, uh, yeah, I tried the veal. Take my wife. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> the, uh, last year, famously, the payment system went down. And because we're that warm, welcoming people, we didn't say, no, we're cutting you off. We said, drink, eat, and be merry. And my goodness, did the stadium do that. Some truly epic beer snakes took place. <laughs> and uh, I, I look forward to seeing what the Notre Dame fans are, you know, what they might bring in that regard. But uh, I, I think uh, there will probably be um, a hefty bill to, to pay. Uh, unfortunately, it won't fall to the stadium to pay this year. So uh, let's hope not. So, <laughs> uh, in the spring, Notre Dame made a goodwill visit with a handful of players, um, uh, including um, uh, J.D. Bertrand, right, Who, whose uh, grandpa- grandfather and father have Dublin history, played rugby over there. I asked J.D., recently if he'd ever tried rugby and he said oh no those guys are way too tough and his dad wouldn't let him play because he knew to to play rugby is is to endanger everything but and he's a very tough football player what what do you do, do the locals in dublin have they figured out yet is he are there will will he be the most popular notre dame player to take the field with that connection or uh are they all in on sam hartman or it, it, it does it get that specific that do the personalities come out or they just see the shiny gold helmet and and they go get another beer 
I, I think JD will be very popular. He did a lot of media when he was here. He is super smart, as you will know, super sharp. But oh, yeah. that connection, and he knew about the connection. And Irish people love when people can talk about their Irish heritage in specifics, Mike. So the fact that he was able to talk about, you know, where his dad is from and his granddad, he was able to talk about Black Rock College. He was able to talk about schools, rugby. That really endeared him to the, the people over here. And he was in the national newspaper. Now, I think Audric and his fancy moves, we saw <laughs> from him. I think if he was to break that out on the field on Saturday, oh. uh, he he might get the, the loudest cheer that, that you'll hear during the game if that comes out so they're looking they don't ask much it doesn't have to be a perfect jig it just has to be <laughs> jiggy just to be in a general range of jigginess if that's okay and and then and then you'll get a huge cheer so yeah i think the the gauntlet has been laid and and i think you're right we're talking to colin cronin uh co-founder co-host of the irish nfl show uh, but also uh, kind of the advanced man, the uh, the ambassador, uh, maybe the Lord Mayor. I guess we, we are, we've learned that the Lord Mayor is a fancy title over there. Do they call you the Lord Mayor of football, American football? I just did. Let's go with that. I I, I will. Um, I, I'm a massive American football fan and have been for years and years. I truly believe it is uh, the, the greatest sport that, that we see. And the, the fact that people over here go to the efforts that they do, that we do to, to watch the sport, given the time difference, uh, it can make it very difficult to, at times to keep an eye on what's going on, be it college side of things or the professional side uh, of things. Um, and look, it is, um, you know, my, my own wife is originally from Minnesota. So I have a, a special bond to uh, your country and, uh, it is really cool that these two nations kind of come together to celebrate the sport and celebrate together. And you will see that in the, in the lead up to the game. And I have no doubt that we will see, I think, uh, no, Notre Dame um, put, out, put in a performance. And I think that the party will go long into <laughs> Saturday night, Sunday morning. I, I'd say the airport on Sunday and Monday <laughs> and uh, begin to make their way home uh, could resemble. You talked about World War II. I'd say the, 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 the beaches of, of Normandy uh, you know, might resemble something like that on, uh, after the weekend. What's Good the look. best uh, Irish cure for a hangover? What do you got? Oh, they, well, you got you got two options, okay? You you can go down the hair of the dog route, as we say, and you can always start with, with a Guinness. The Guinness is a truly nutritious meal. I mean, it's a meal in a glass. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you are feeling delicate the morning after and that's a little too much to go with, uh, the Irish fry. Uh, is is the way you want to go uh, you're going to get sausage you're going to get you guys call it bacon we call them rashers they're not quite canadian bacon um, but it's it's more along those lines you're going to get uh, the what well, the black and white pudding um, don't don't ask how it's made. Just eat it. It's you don't That's need to know good. how it's That's made. Good. Just it's, eat it. It's, I, it will it will cure all your ails. You will feel magnificent. You will be restored to when you were after those first couple of pints. That's that's what that's how that's the power of black pudding. Mm. Um, and get yourself some. It's very important. Barry's tea. 
Okay, over mm. here, um, you know, we have moved on from uh, we had a civil war in this country about a hundred years ago, and we've moved on, and we're all friends, and it's wonderful. Um, but the the one thing that might divide people uh, is the debate between Barry's tea and lion's tea and Barry's tea is the only one you want to to go with so for anyone making their way over or those of you who are here already uh, Barry's tea Barry's gold blend that is that is the it's it's magic that's the secret sauce I'm a, I'm imagining that's also this a, a longtime sponsor of the Irish NFL show so well done <laughs> on your part uh, uh, you just snuck that one in there you got us we were quiet uh, one I, I do like to ask anytime I'm preparing to go to a foreign country which has only happened an international country has only happened a few times in my life couple of Olympics this and that but I like to know what's the one thing I should not say if I don't want to get knocked on my behind. And, and, you know, I, I just, uh, again, I come in peace. But what should I not say? Because I, I was born with foot and mouth disease. <laughs> um, well, we are uh, a wonderfully ir uh, irreverent people. Okay, so you're really going to have to go out of your way to offend Irish people. We also are a very absurdist people. Mm. We are the country that gave the world Samuel Beckett and waiting for Gatto. Um, I will say it you know, you really would have to, to go out of your way. But the one thing that might do it would be if, if you were to say, oh, isn't it fa fantastic to, to be here in the UK? Mm. That that might be the one thing that might might get an Irish person's goat. That Is was it? what our, for our guest last week, Glenn Clark, said. So we're good. Don't say you're in the UK. That's right, rule number one. Got Mike's down. got double confirmation. Don't say you're in the UK. Now, you have a delightful, <laughs> delightful sound. Uh, really, every, every second that I'm speaking is a waste of this guest opportunity. We could just hand you a phone book, and this would be the greatest segment we've ever had. However... <laughs> Um, is it okay to, to, to term your, your, your uh, lilt, your, your accent as a brogue? Is a brogue uh, correct or is there a, because uh, it's, it's, it's Ferrety-esque, but uh, is that a brogue or is there some other term the locals use? No, you can you could use brogue. I mean, we we would just say accent. I think what's interesting about this little island is the fact that there are so many different accents. So you'll hmm. be accustomed to you know the the Irish accent as we would say in many of the Hollywood movies. But when you are here, Mike, in Dublin, there's a different accent on both sides of the River Liffey. So the north side of Dublin has a different accent to the south side of Dublin. And if you drive 30 minutes up the road to Drada, there's a different accent again. Um, if you go down to Cork, where I'm from, we're known for being very sing-songy and going up and down all the time. There, um, so Ireland is famous for its um, its accents. And one thing that might piggyback on what I said earlier in relation to the UK, Killian Murphy, obviously very big name in yeah. the mm -hmm. cinema this summer, likely to win an Oscar. He actually moved his family back from London uh, in the past few years to, to live uh, in Ireland. And the reason for that was because he discovered that his kids uh, were uh, developing British accents. Do you think he was to Ireland? Do you think he was like by order of the Peaky Blinders? We're moving back to Ireland. Well, I thought, I thought it was. Because, uh, Love Peaky Blinders, by yeah, the way, great well, so show. Did, so does Sam Hartman, and yeah, that, that, and, and he's all over that. Tommy Shelby's one of his great role models. Thomas Shelby, and so I'm wondering, do we expect? Would we? Should we be surprised at all if we see? 
the future Oscar winner uh, uh, out and about or even at the, at the game itself. And um, maybe there'll be a photo opportunity with Sam Hartman, who had his own Peaky Blinders hat. I might even wear one to the game. Do you, should we be prepared for that? Are you arranging that, Lord Mayor of football? <laughs> Uh, you, you. I think the uh, the chances of seeing Killian out and about are pretty high. To be honest, he is not a man who has any airs or graces. He's always around the the city. I've seen him around plenty. He goes to to concerts. He goes shopping. Uh, he is certainly not somebody who uh, has maybe assistants do shopping for him. So I, uh, you will recognize him because his eyes are as blue in real life in three D as they are on the the cinematic screen oh. so you certainly won't be able to miss him if he is about the the place and yeah i, I think uh, you will see you know uh, certainly plenty of irish celebrities whether they'll be known to the american audience or not we will see um, but i do know um that there's some alums coming over i, I believe joe montana is going to be in town will ferrell is going to be in town now, and, well, hold uh, on now. will will ferrell <laughs> did not go to Notre Dame. Is he trying to tell you people that he went he, to Notre Dame? He went to USC. He, he's the he USC guy. No, no, just 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 Joe. I, I recognize that's just uh, just Joe was the uh, was the alum. But Will Ferrell is coming over with the Dan Patrick crew, and they're yes. bringing ah. over. Uh, well, I love a Will Ferrell. contingent. But he he did he neither served in the US, U.S. Navy. <laughs> or you know, I just think that he, he got the schedule mixed up, but we hope to run into him. And what's the one thing that I should not when I'm when I go shopping? Uh, you, you got me ready. I'm ready to go shopping, and I'm just going to hang out. And what, what's your equivalent of where I might run into Killian Murphy and get some rashers? And I'm like, no, those are my rashers, big guy. I'm taking those. What, where would I have that opportunity just to you know bump in, bump by, run into, and then we can get them on the show. <laughs> Uh, you you won't uh, you won't see. I tell you where you won't. You see said I go if I go shopping. I'll I'll see. Now, did you not say that? Did you just see him shopping? He doesn't have a personal I, I shopper. Yeah. Now I'm counting you, you, on you, you Lord Mayor. Him, you might where do see I go? Him okay, the where do I go? Give him a, let him give him have some answer time. For the love of God, let this man give an answer, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear the answer so we can move on. Mike wants Mike wants the answer. The answer is uh, you in and around the Stevens Green Shopping Center, okay. which is also there's a beautiful uh, park up that direction as well. So what we'll ch would check that out? All right. Uh, so All right. do that. You won't see Killian. I guarantee you, you won't see him in the Temple Bar area. Oh, it's Temple, good yeah. Fun. Yeah. in Temple Bar, but you won't see Killian Murphy down there. Okay. Do you guys have paparazzi? Do you have that? Because I like to know in advance, again, when I go to a foreign country, I like to let my people know, or as they, you know, my crew, that, you know, I just need as, to know what I'm, in I'm dealing with. Kind of, I got some of Sean Penn's former people, and they kind of help me out. We're, we kind of pride ourselves on kind of being very relaxed around celebrities and so okay, they good. kind of go about their their business matt damon infamously kind of spent most of the the early covid lockdown here hanging out uh going swimming uh drinking a bag of cans in a park and so what? irish people a uh kind of have a tendency can? to be stand yeah bag of cans is that in a six-pack is that what you call a six-pack yeah. Yeah, sit, sit and drink right. a six pack with his buddies nice. in the park. Matt Damon. 
Bag of cans. <laughs> Austin, what, so that's what, you, that's what you'll look for you know, your next visit to Dublin. A, go get yourself a bag, a bag of, of cans. cans. And yes. go out by the park. Yes. Oh, I, I, don't, I, I, don't have I have a, yeah. passed on some brilliant slang. As you can see, I've had a lot of bags of cans in my life, so you know, I, just, I, I wear it. So more to come. Hey, real quick, top three, top three from the Irish perspective overall, not just maybe how you look at it, but overall the three of one, two, three most beloved musicians because you guys have produced so much great art and literature and you know unreadable Jim Joyce stuff. But what what about you know how would you rank them? Because I've got my own thoughts, but. You know, it doesn't have to be rock and roll, but just some beautiful voices. We just lost one of them recently. I don't want to affect your ranking, but how do you rank? How do how do how do the Irish view the most beloved uh, popular musicians? That that's a very good question, and and certainly there Finally. Is, is a long list. Uh, I think you. I think if you're going top three, I think no, number one and. Maybe her her passing has something to do with it, but Sinead would certainly be there. I think next in terms of where, look, if we're being objective, how can you get away from Bono and U2 and the Joshua Tree and everything that that band has done? And then I, I think um, if, if you look at the for the third, I think it probably between maybe Van Morrison or another um, lady who sadly passed away, uh, Dolores O'Riordan yes. from the Cranberries. Yes, those would be those would be the, the 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 cream of the crop, shall we say? It's quite a legacy, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll be certain not to mess with Van Morrison at the uh, at the Stevens <laughs> Green Shopping Center because I've heard he likes he likes his own rashers. Uh, so and, and and yeah, the pudding. We won't get into the pudding. But uh, Austin, did you have? We have to let. Yeah, we uh, gotta let we gotta let Colum go pretty soon because he has a he has his own responsibilities as Lord Mayor of Football uh, to get ready for the big game, and mm-hmm. uh, we we just thank uh, Colum for joining us again. We invite all of our listeners to go to at irenfl irenfl to uh, follow on on uh, social media and to check out the Irish NFL show, and for the forty thousand people who are be who will be landing uh, at uh, at a daybreak. Uh, at some point during the week, uh, air lifted in or whatever's happening there, as you guys t- t- talk about, just know that Cullum's the guy to see if you have any trouble uh, with uh, Killian Murphy or anybody else who's, who's just waiting. Because you guys are known for being, in, I believe, inhospitable and, and just always with the dukes up fighting Irish. So, uh, But thank you so much, and, uh, and uh, we'll see you over there. Uh, lads, this has been brilliant. Absolute joy to join you. And for any of your listeners, seriously, do uh, get in touch. Follow the Irish NFL show. We absolutely love chatting to people, uh, whether it's about football, whether it's about life in general. There is nothing better than getting to know people uh, from different parts of the, the world. And I have worked in higher ed with international students for 15 years. Uh, love showing people around, love rec- recommending places. So, yeah, reach out and I hope everyone who comes over has an absolutely fantastic time on this little green island. Outstanding. All the best. Thank you. Thank you, Colm. So that was, uh, that was Colm Cronin from the Irish NFL show, uh, setting the stage for what's to come on Saturday. And, um, I mean, you're not going to find a, a, a more, uh, 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 an easier listen, let's say the, out there. And, uh, and, and, and I can't even argue with the ranking of, 
of the all-time greats. That I mean, was a uh, yeah. musician. So, when you got three legends like that, it's yeah. hard to you know so, you can put them in any order. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was it was it was a delight as always. Cullum Cronin, uh, the Irish NFL Show co-founder and co-host. We'll be back to uh, wrap this one up after this. Back on Pot of Gold for the Tuesday edition, heading into Navy. Mike Berardino, Tom Noy with you. How about some buy, hold, sell? Not buy, hold, or sell. Just buy, hold, sell. Sure, just to remind the listeners how we play, uh, last time we did this, we, we threw out uh, seven different names, one at a time, and uh, they were uh, uh, Bubakar, Traore. <laughs> Your guy. Uh, they were see him Jordan, on the depth chart this Jordan week. Botello. Oh, it, it's a, by the way, buy, hold, sells for the entirety of the right. season it's like when we look back uh around the holidays we'll look back and we're like man tom was just stupid he had no idea what he's talking about <laughs> that's how it'll be so uh, no wonder he's a hoops guy patello mickey tyree price colsey and hartman were all addressed last time so they're ineligible don't Can't be afraid they're ineligible for the purposes of this game buy holder so not we're not writing them if we if we sell them we're not writing them off for the entirety of their careers just for this season just the, the tea leaves are not lined up in a way that we think they're going to get the, the playing time or the whatever. Um, so uh, who do you want to talk about first? I'm going off the board on this one. Throwing you, I'm throwing a curveball right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Buy, hold, sell. Let's go with Jared Parker, offensive coordinator. Oh, can we do that? Yeah, we can do that. Of course we can do that. This is our show. We can do whatever we want, right? <clears throat> so Buy, hold, or sell Jared Parker as the offensive coordinator. Coming over last year, he was the tight ends coach. Now he will be the guy in the hot seat calling the offense this season for Sam Hartman. Buy, hold, or sell Jared Parker. You're saying his stock by the will the end of the season, by the holidays, mm-hmm. will his stock be higher or lower? I'm going to buy because he's got a guy with nearly 13,000 passing yards <laughs> uh, executing his vision on the field. Uh, he's got the coach on the field. He's got the guy with the arm the guy with the poise, everything that, that Marcus Freeman said, one of my favorite sayings, uh, this is not Sam Hartman's first rodeo. Mm-hmm. And it's not Jared Parker's first rodeo exactly because he did have a little play-calling experience at West Virginia, but nothing like this and not with a weapon like this. And uh, I think I'm going to say bye. Absolutely bye. And like you said, they have Sam Hartman, a six-year quarterback. They have a relatively experienced offensive line with Zeke Corral and the tackles, Blake Fisher and Joe Alt. A deep running back room that could go five deep, like we've heard. The five-headed monster. Still don't know what they're going to have with wide receiver and tight end. But that's the, those are positions that can work themselves out here in the first four weeks. Jared Parker, we're, I'm buying on him. All who right. Do you, who do you have? I'm going to go uh, so. Pat Coogan. Oh, you took my man. Pat Coogan. And, and nothing against Pat Coogan, but I've already tipped my hand. i got to sell on that one. Because I and I think he's kind of a stopgap, and it's nice that he can slide over there and play center if necessary. If Carell's ankle isn't ready this week or flares up again later, uh, they do have Ashton Craig as well, a kid who's not who's from uh, the part of Indiana that's not too far from Cincinnati due to the strange geography. So you can <laughs> go there in that same area, Carell and uh, Craig. But I think Coogan would be the guy who'd slide over because he took sa- snaps at center at times in the spring. Um, so I'm going to say uh, sell uh, just because uh, the Shrouth is lined up right behind him, and and got to think at some point the talent wins out. So Pat Coogan is should not he, he's renting that starting guard spot. Couple weeks, 
I'm not even sure he, he starts Saturday. I've told you what I think about depth charts. Really? Think, uh, yes. I'm Are you hot. that naive? I, <laughs> of course I am. We, Yay, we, thank you for the information. We have. Thank you. We that have, was all true, right? We have not seen Billy Shrouth run with the ones at all, or very rarely this, this fall camp. I'm holding on Pat Coogan. Let me see what. Right. Let me see That's what's fair. going on with Pat Coogan, with what that offensive line can do against Navy before I decide he's a holding the spot for Billy Shrouth or b he's going to be a starter for the rest of his college career. No idea what what's going to happen with Pat Coogan. Yeah, I just I, I looked back at my pattern from last time and I thought it was kind of wimpy that I had no cells. So I needed a cell, and I'd like to congratulate Pat Coogan on being the first guy that I've ever sold. Um, and Way I, to take in this a stand, game, Mike Berardino. In this game. And, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I'd be happy to be wrong. So we'll see what happens with Pat Coogan. We'll see what ha- we'll have. We'll keep an eye on that. That's what they say in TV. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Our final story is, what do you got? All right, next, buy, hold, sell. I went with an offense coordinator first time. Yeah. Now I'm going to go with the kicker. How about, Spen- oh. how about Spencer Schrader? Graduate guy, University of South Florida. Strong leg. You were there that day when they had their first, quote, kicking competition, and we looked at each other, yeah. what, what, three kicks in? Yeah. And said, yeah, this thing's over. Spencer Schrader is the kicker over Zach Yoakum. It, the ball just comes off his leg differently. I'm going to buy Spencer Schrader as the kickoff man and the place kicker for the 2023 Notre Dame football team. I'm I'm a little concerned. I, I, no doubt the leg strength, and I think he's going to be a weapon just in terms of uh, reducing the number of kickoff kickoffs that are returnable this year. Zach Yoakum did a nice job in in a tough spot last year as the kickoff specialist, uh, but still there were times when Notre Dame. Uh, had to start on defense, you know, uh, in the shadow of its 40, something like that, the mm-hmm. other team's 40. Uh, Schrader's going to be putting it through. It'll be like, Ke- I just remember Kevin Butler. He's a gold standard <laughs> for that. You know, when he was at Georgia, even, you knew it was, it was going into the fifth row of the stands uh, when he was uh, with that on kickoffs. Schrader, coming from South Florida, Tom, South Florida was even worse than I realized in the last couple of years. They I were mean, bad. this man has not kicked under pressure I could make the case ever in college wonderful backstory did a mm-hmm. great job of laying that out for for the readers um and he's you know he, he he's a guy that I would uh, buy in a number of ways I'd probably buy a piece of some of his uh, uh endeavors his his uh, real estate uh you know investment endeavors or or his uh kick uh, and conditioning speed training endeavors that he runs and he, he's a businessman he is but the fir- the next kick that he has uh of any import uh will be the first and the, the next miss that he has um he'll we'll see how he reacts to it he is very experienced he's a he's a young man as well he's in his early 20s um you know super senior but um and i don't doubt that he could handle it but i'm going to hold on it just because um, there ha- there was a later practice where he missed several times from makeable distances, and so the it's the it's not the leg strength, it's mm-hmm. the accuracy of the poise, and just the idea. I remember Blake Groupie trying to explain to me coming from Arkansas State. I mean, how, how do you go from Arkansas State to Notre Dame? Well, it's, it's South Florida is a little bit bigger situation, but they were so bad that he could have gone out there and and done a he- uh, a headstand. No one would have cared. No one would have noticed. 
And uh, what he can do, that'd be fun. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on him. But what I'm really hoping is that we get to see him run a trick play, a uh, fake at some point, because he, as uh, when he was a punter, he uh, famously uh, ran a fake punt and got blown up by a Wisconsin guy on the sideline. And another time, he um, right, went out for a pass. Touchdown right? yeah. against Connecticut. Yeah. So, and, it, and let's, not remember, let's not forget, Dylan DeVeason is the holder. And, and it was just like Marty, Marty just said, well, I always like to have a quarterback be my holder. And so uh, that would be fun, a, uh, a fake field goal where Dylan gets to throw to Spencer and uh, and the kicker has his moment in the sun. That I almost feel like that's got to happen. How can you have a, a, an athlete like that at kicker who knows how to? Who, he's got some hands. He's fast. He's fast soccer guy. An athlete. All that. I mean, this is not asking uh, Gary Yepremian to 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 roll out and <laughs> who, throw. Everybody, so, everybody's listening. Like, who the hell is Gary? No, Gary you got to know that uh, well, Mike Bass. Touch. I'm a you know dolphin guy. <laughs> Super Bowl, perfect team. But uh, Garo, but no, I, I think that a fake field goal, what a, what a weapon. But um, I'm a hold for now on the kicker portion of Spencer Schrader. Got it. Who do you have next? Oh, geez, I have to pick Wait, somebody. Wait, you're right. I could throw one in here. Throw oh, in. Gary. Buy or sell Marty Biagi as his first year as special teams coordinator, especially after the year the special teams Notre Dame had that really changed the game. And really, I think, almost won them a game here or there. How do we feel about him coming into week one in the season in his new role? Well, you got to say his name right. How bad? How bad was that? Very close. You you said it like the Karate Kid version. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Biagi. Mr. Miyagi. This is is Biagi. (laughs) Biagi. Okay. Well, this is why I'm behind the camera for most things. Biagi. And I'm going to say... uh, I mean that's a tough spot to follow Brian Mason. We've written about that. That you know the the uh, and, and the, the chances they took, they would sell out on. They call it. I mean, you talk about that was amazing. Truth and advertising never happened. We're calling it punt block, and then they blocked and then they seven block of them. them. Uh, it's going to be real hard. Over under on punt. I'm going to I'm going to tweak this first. Over under on punts blocked by the Notre Dame uh, punt return unit again this year. What do you think? What's Five. It? What? Five. You're going five? Really? That's over. under. I'm going oh. under five. You oh. said the over. What's the over under? Well, no, I want to set five. over. I'm going to set the over under at one point five because it's hard to do. It's hard to do. You don't see seven. I'm going to say the over under is one point five, and I'm going to go under because everybody, every special teams meeting leading up to a, a, the opponent facing this Notre Dame, they're not going to care that Mason's not here anymore. And Biagi's guys could block punts, by the way, down at North Texas. But it's really uh, several stops ago. But it's really hard to do, and it's not necessarily uh, going to be a failure if they only block one, but uh, or zero, as long as, as he says, job one, get the ball back to the offense uh, as a punt returner. And so you're going to see Chris Tyree back there, um, and it's you know seems to be sure-handed. He certainly was as a receiver. That's why he is a receiver now. That he certainly has been as a kickoff returner and now as a punt returner. Um, but I think that's they're going to look to maybe break some stuff in punt return. So Marty, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy, but it's going to be for a different reason. Not going to be about the punt block. Maybe you're going to see some punt returns. I'm going to hold on Marty Biagi just because we don't know what this unit's going to look like after they were really really good in 2022. He'll have a lot of frontline guys, not necessarily starting guys, but first or second on the depth chart guys that are are, are talented, versatile, athletic. Will that let them block seven punts? Probably not. That's not going to happen. But I'm going over 1.5. 
for punk Over. blocks. All right. Over. Uh, no more so. Isaiah Foskey, no more uh, Prince Kali, but um, Botello, it'll be interesting to see if he's still part of it. Uh, and again, um, Jack Kaiser had a punt block last mm-hmm. year. Clarence Lewis Against had a punt Navy. block. That's right. That's right, and you don't think that's come up at some point in these navy <laughs> in these navy preparations. I mean, that, 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 that's you talk about a, a breach of discipline. You you got uh, you gave up a punt block uh, in the in the Notre Dame Navy game. They're going to be reminded. So you're going you're going. What'd you say? Hold. I, I'm holding. I'm holding. Hold on, Marty. On, on Jerry's Marty Biaggi. Marty Biaggi. Okay, and then Jerry producer Jerry put that out there for me. Do you want me to pick one? Or do you want? Do you have another one you want to in, uh, enter? It gave me an idea because I'm going all off the. I'm all over. Yes. I'm all over the board this week because why not? All right. You know, so sell, sell, sell. This is going to be my. This is. I, I need a sell. I need to find a sell. And you gave me an idea about how hmm. it's not necessarily they. They don't necessarily want to block the punt. They want to give the ball back to the offense. And you were talking about the punt returners, buy, sell, or hold Notre Dame's punt returners having an impact in 2023. Oh. Because we, t- we did already have, we both have issued buy recommendations on Chris Tyree right. from before, but that as was more of him receiver. as a slot receiver. So this is, and we can count, say, we've seen Jaden Mickey back there in preparation. We, we've seen uh, um, we've seen several different guys back there. Payne gets a, gets to try it sometimes. Yeah. But I do think Tyree, and Salerno, of Matt, course, yeah, is, the, is, the, is the fallback. You're definitely going to see Tyree. Notre Dame punt returners, um, are we saying uh, over under on uh, touchdowns, touchdown punt <laughs> returns, zero point five? I'll I'll go on the under on that one. Wow, it's hard to do as well. Um, I think I think uh, Tyree uh, might make that happen. So I'm going to say the punt returners in in as a whole, people be happier with the punt return unit this year than perhaps historically at Notre Dame, where it's just like that's ah, enough of the fair catch. But I will say that they're they're going to do everything. Brandon Joseph did it a lot last year and it didn't really, it was a kind of a meh kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's going to be Tyree and to start. And I'm going to say, uh, hold, hold. I'm going to go, I'm going to go sell, put that, put the fair catch hand up, catch the ball. Yeah. Get the, make sure you have a field yeah. position and get the ball back to that offense. Yeah. Let them take care of that. Okay. Sell. sell. All right. So Jared Parker, two buys, Pat Coogan, I sell, you hold. Spencer Schrader, I hold, you buy. Uh, Marty Biaggi, I buy, you hold. And the punt returners, which feels like a little bit more of a referendum on Biaggi, uh, I hold and you sell. But I, I, I understand what you're talking about. It has to do with the, the, the players got to make plays, Tom. Yes, they do. You can put them in position. They got to make plays. Well, you sound like a coach. Players got to make plays. <laughs> Yeah. No, no more buy or sell from you. You buy, sell, or hold. You, you don't have I'm, anybody else. I'm good there. All right, it's prediction time. Oh, it is prediction time. Oh, Notre Dame Navy Saturday in Dublin, Ireland. Who wins? What's the final score? Mike Berardino. You go Dame, first. Notre Dame beat writer. You go for first. The South Bend I'm going to read up on Grant Chestnut a little bit more and his work with the Kennesaw State Owls I'm because thro- I'm throwing it to Mike Berardino and he's throwing it right I'm gonna, back I'm at gonna, me. I'm going to answer, but I like to. I'm going to. I'd like to defer to the second half, and and this is always a good thing to do. And then you can go on offense first and make the first turnover. I will say, or I can score the first touchdown. Nah. This will be the first touchdown. Nah. I will say it'll be Notre Dame 45, Navy 14. Irish coming back from Ireland, one and zero. Game will not be. Cl- it will not have as much drama as it did last year in Baltimore. So, 
45-14, Notre Dame rolls. Sam Hartman, we see why he's the sixth, uh, why he's a six-year quarterback. We see this offense. We see the, how, 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 what the defense can do against the Navy triple option or whatever offense that they run. So nothing to worry about. A nice, easy, relaxing ease into 2023 season, which means nothing about this game will be easy because I just said it would be easy. So I'm going 45-14, Notre Dame. Which is pretty much how it should have ended up something like that last year. <laughs> it should have been like 60-7 to seven last it was, year. It was trending that way. Uh, I, so I went back, and it, again, uh, uh, this is not a, uh, uh, a point spread-driven show, but, I, but Navy, if, if people are wondering about the 20.5, 20 half uh, spread, uh, Navy likes that spot. I've said already that, that this is, is something they're comfortable with. Um, obviously, coaching change. Ken Niomatololo. Uh, and you just want to keep saying it. it's a you wonderful name, wonderful coach. He should he should he should get another chance uh, under his uh, reign. Navy was always a tough out, but when getting twelve points or more uh, as an underdog in the last two seasons, even seasons that led to a coaching change, Navy was six and zero against the spread, and that included two straight up wins. Tom, as we like to say, at East Carolina <laughs> when getting seventeen and a half, and at Central Florida when getting fourteen and a half. Now this game is in Ireland, as I understand it. It, it. is? So it's really? neutral. It's a neutral field. But uh, Navy getting almost three full touchdowns and probably by the time of the game, even more. Uh, you know, uh, uh, out of the shoot, first game. This I'm reading up on Kennesaw State. Marcus Freeman mentioning that, uh, you know, they don't run necessarily. Uh, that They've gone back and looked at Kennesaw State tape. I don't know how they found it. But, no, it was an excellent program uh, that was created out of scratch a decade ago, FCS-level program and and the owls last seen in basketball as you recall giving xavier uh, quite a hard time in in uh, march madness before falling as a 14 seed these guys the football version of the owls were prolific and like top five top seven uh, all the offensive metrics year after year, bad year last year good move by grant chestnut to get out of there and, and go get reunited with brian newberry that's where he came from so kennesaw state tendencies almost more important than anything that the Niamatololo era put on film. And they ran the spread option down there. They did throw a little bit. And, and re- researching what was coming out of Navy, and again, they're you know, pretty good at obfuscation in the military. But uh, in late July, they were talking about, yeah, we're, you know, we can throw the ball now, and we got several different guys who can do it. Um, I don't think they're going to be an air raid, but I think some Is quick... Is there a pick in some here quick, somewhere? Con- some quick things. Notre Dame also, I want you to know, because I've got this written down, I'd like to share it. Uh, in the first year uh, under Marcus Freeman, uh, three and five against the spread as a favorite. Um, one and five when giving six or more points. They're going to be giving twenty point five. So that's a, you know, this is one of those where um, are you going to perform the way the chalk would suggest, or is it going to be a nail biter? I think it's going to be a compelling game. I'm on record already saying that. I think Notre Dame ends up winning by ten. And it'll be something like 41-31, let's say that. But um, it's not going to be a laugher. Uh, I think there'll still be some growing pains for Sam Hartman and his receiver group. I think it's, it's good to, to, to keep those expectations in line. Um, you know, Marcus Freeman even saying uh, uh, Monday that, uh, you know, how, how is that trust going? Well, trust is built over time between quarterback and receivers. And, he, you know, the plan is that by the end of the year, certainly he didn't say this, but the plan better be, by September 23rd, that trust better be uh, peaking. 
uh, when Ohio State gets here. But they have quarterback issues of their own. That's another story. We'll get to that at a future podcast. 41-31, Notre Dame. From the WNDU studios, your home of countdown to kickoff. This has been Pot of Gold. Tuesday, August 22nd, when we come back and talk to you again, we will have a game, an actual game to talk about. We'll have stats, first downs, touchdowns, a winner and a loser. Does Notre Dame go 1-0? Stay tuned. We'll talk to you next week right here on Pot of Gold. This is ND Insider's Pot of Gold. Now, with all things Notre Dame football, here's Tom Noy, Mike Berardino, and Austin Huff. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.